0: Thank you, Brother Robert. Acts chapter 1, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the Word of God. Acts chapter number 1, and if you're visiting today, there is a copy of the outline in the bulletin. You can follow along that way. But uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, and of course, uh, we have been uh, focusing our theme for the year, which is Magnify. In the month of November, we turn the page to another emphasis, and that is Magnify Our Sending. Notice that it is our sending. We get to be a part of this. And, uh, of course, as we think about this, this is exactly what uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, what His life was all about. Jesus left heaven many years ago, came to this earth so that all that would believe on Him could have eternal life. Now, when you look in the Bible, just to help you understand where we're going to be this morning in our message when you come to what we call the New Testament of our Bible, uh, we find that there, the first four books are really four separate accounts of the life of Christ. We, we really can refer to those four as the gospel of Jesus Christ. In those four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we find that God is, like in the Old Testament, still dealing with, primarily with the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. But when you come to the book that you opened to this morning, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, this book is a transitional book. In other words, because of the unbelief of the Jew, the Bible says the gospel went forth to the Gentile nations. And we who are not Jews ought to say amen to that. Because the good news came to all of us. Now, as we read this morning, I want you to think about this, because what we're going to look at this morning as we begin this this month, as I put it in the title of this message, our heart here at our church is to follow the commission from the Lord Himself, and that is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is to reach people before it's eternally too late. Now, if you would help me this morning, we normally don't always do this, but I'd like to, if you can, read responsively with me. Now, what that means is I'll read verse 1, and then collectively we'll all read verse 2. Then I'll read verse 3, then we'll all read verse 4, and we'll do that till we get to our last verse, verse number 9. So if you have your Bible or you have your outline there, you can follow along and read when we get to the even number of verses. The Bible says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me." For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight." And let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd bless your word and help us. May our hearts be open, our ears be open. God, may we receive what you have for us. Lord, this isn't some program the church has conjured up. This is something that you brought down from heaven. God, this has been and always will be your plan that people would be eternally saved before it's too late. Our Lord, help us to receive and to be not only hearers, but doers. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of God. Now, if some of you would think back just a moment. Of course, Acts chapter 1. The Bible says Jesus is about to ascend up into heaven. It wasn't too much before this that Jesus went to the cross And he gave his life so that we can have eternal life. Before Jesus went to the cross, he met his disciples in the upper room. That was a great meeting. Jesus shared his heart. He shared many things with those disciples in that meeting there in the upper room. But that was not the last of the meetings. Matter of fact, what we just read in Acts 1 is the very last meeting that Jesus ever had with his disciples. And I want you to think about that as we go through the message this morning because the Bible says that while he spake to them, he has started to ascend from them, they saw Jesus go back to sit at the right hand of the Father. But before he left, Jesus commanded his disciples. He commanded them, and not only that, but he commissioned them That they would take his message and reach the world with it. Now look at your Bible again or your outline in verse number 6. Because Jesus is sharing this with them. But notice in verse number 6 what they asked him. They said, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They were wanting him to establish his kingdom At this particular time. And notice what his response is in verse number 7. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. They were wanting him to establish his kingdom and not leave them. But Jesus was telling his followers that they had a responsibility to, watch this, be faithful to him and to... uh, be faithful to the work that he has given to them, and that they are to do that while they wait on him to return. Now, nothing has changed in over 2,000 years. We were not with the Lord that day, but the commission that was given to them has been given to us. And the responsibility that was given to them is the same responsibility we have today. And that is that you and I should be faithful to him, Be faithful to his work and do it as we wait on him to return. We're not like the disciples were trying to do. We're not to get caught up in future events. We're not to get caught up in the political arena and what's going on necessarily in this world. We understand that God is in control. But see, the disciples, they were thinking about uh, this world. They were thinking about that as Jesus left, What would happen? And they began to find themselves being distracted. Do you know the devil loves to distract God's people? The devil doesn't want us to have a missions conference. The devil doesn't want you to be a soul winner. The devil, watch this, just put plain simply, the devil doesn't want people to get saved. He doesn't want people to have eternal life. But he loves to distract people. And as we think about being God's people, when we come to our text this morning, especially verse number 8, verse 8 tells us as Christians what our duty is. And here it is, we are to be witnesses of the Lord. The Bible tells us of his gospel, of his saving grace, 2 Corinthians 5.20 We are ambassadors for Christ. We are to share the message of God with this world. The scriptures are clear that we are to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is that we need to be telling people that Jesus came and that he gave his life. He was crucified, that he was buried, and that he rose again. And that he has ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father. But as Jesus came and spent time with his disciples, he also gave these last words to them. And I want you to see that as we think about this, back up one slide or two slides there, Brother Tyler. There you go, right there. Just stay right there. So if you think about this, the day that Jesus was on this earth, this was the known world. Now I want you to look at that map because... Notice the Mediterranean Sea, and what you have is the inhabitants that lived around the Mediterranean Sea. The world as we know it back then was a very small world. They hadn't had all the exploration. Uh, They hadn't even come to the Americas. It was a very small world. Now, when Jesus came, and of course this is the world that he came to, but remember that he created the entire world, that even though this was the world in Jesus' day, he knew what was going to take place in the days to follow. So we come here to Acts chapter 1 in verse number 8, and I want you to notice the next slide, because this is the area that Jesus spent his time in, and I want you to notice the circles. The small circle, notice the city of Jerusalem. Beyond that, you see the second circle where you find the word Judea. Then at the top, notice the word Samaria. Even the disciples back in the day of Jesus, they said that that they would not go through the land of Samaria, which these folks were half Jew, and, and again, they had no dealings with the Samaritan people, and then beyond that, of course, would be everyone else. Well, when you look at Acts 1.8, look at the verse. He says, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, it's, it's kind of amazing, this next slide, but when you think about the world they have, look at the world of our day. There are people everywhere, people everywhere and people that do not know the Lord. We have a greater responsibility than those of Jesus' day. Now I know a lot of times we think to ourselves, is it possible to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I believe the answer is yes. God has made a way. And can I say to you that as we get into the month of November and our missions conference, that if missions was important to Jesus, it ought to be important to us. How are we as a church, as God's people, how are we going to reach this world with the gospel? And I believe we must have four things. Notice first of all this morning, we must have the right message. Now again, if you look at verse number 8, notice what Jesus says. Ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Notice he says, witnesses unto me. Jesus is to be the sole focus of our message. Nothing has changed about the message in all these years. The message that I preach today... It's the same message that Hudson Taylor preached in China. It's the same message that Jesus declared. It's the same message that Paul declared. And it is the message that people need to hear because only Jesus saves. See, look, we ought not to focus and talk about ourselves and talk about our lives. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. See, we're to tell the world about Jesus, about His love for them, that He gave His life for them, that if they put their faith in Him, that they can have eternal life. Jesus alone will save anyone who comes to Him by faith. There was a man years ago in the days of Jesus, and he was born blind, and uh, even his parents didn't quite understand the whole thing, but one day Jesus met this man, and Jesus miraculously gave this man his physical eyesight, but he also made a difference in this man's life spiritually. They came to this blind man, and they asked him about this one named Jesus. And I love the man's response in John 9, 25. Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, he says, now I see. My life's not the same. After I met him, how many of you could say that this morning? Your life is different now, right? Because of what Jesus has done for us. You see, the Bible says in Acts 30, 16, 31 that, that Paul was placed in the prison and the, the jailer there in Philippi, that they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That day, because of Jesus, salvation came to that Philippian jailer and to his entire house. Somebody said years ago, and I like this little saying, he says, We are one beggar telling another beggar, Where to find bread? And that bread is Jesus himself. He said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Folks, look, if we're going to reach this world, we must have the right message. And the message is not the church, and the message is not uh, politics, and the message is not in Washington, D.C. The message is Jesus. That's the message. Not only do we need the right message. We need to make sure we have the right methods. They say, well, what kind of methods are we talking about? Well, back in verse number 8 again, Acts 1. The Bible says, ye shall be witnesses unto me. Now, that word witnesses or witness is the word martus. It's where we get our, our English word martyr from. We are to be witnesses, those that... Bear witness to the truth. These are people that have, it actually makes reference to those who bore the ultimate witness of truth, those that laid their lives down for the truth. Today, if you were called in a, maybe a, a hearing and you went to a court of law and they asked you to come up to the stand, the witness stand, you would come up into the witness stand and you would raise your right hand. You would place your hand on the Bible. Isn't that amazing? Wonder when that's going to stop. But you put your hand on God's word and you say that you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, who? God. I love it. So here's the thing: is that person they stay, they take the stand. And what are they asked to do? They're asked, they're called upon to tell what they have seen and what they know to be true. Are you with me this morning? What they have seen and what they know to be true. I want you to look what God had John, the beloved, to write in 1 John chapter 1. Look at the words. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. Now, in case you're wondering who John is describing, God had John write these next few words. Of the Word of Life. Notice the capital W. John is describing Jesus. He's saying, look, we have heard him. We have seen Him with our eyes, we have looked upon Him, our hands have handled. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and look at these words, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. (coughs) So when you think about this, listen. Just like that witness that takes the stand. What does God want every one of his followers, every one of his children to do? He is calling upon us to tell the truth of what we have seen and what we know to be true. For instance, do you know that God loves you? Well, if you do, tell the world. Do you know that you are saved today? Well, tell the world. Do you know that Jesus saves sinners? Tell the world. Do you know who we are to tell? Tell everyone that you come into contact with. In the Bible, we see people like Peter. Peter stood on the day of Pentecost, and he told the entire crowd that day about Jesus. Philip was directed into the desert to a man that was a eunuch, and he told him about Jesus. Paul stood before King Agrippa, and Paul told the king about the Lord Jesus Christ. The blind man that we mentioned earlier, he stood before the entire Sanhedrin and told them about the Lord Jesus. They and many others, they told what they knew. They were witnesses. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be witnesses. Notice 1 Peter 3.15. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. See, the Bible tells us that if we're going to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, We need to have the right message. Well, that message is Jesus. We need to have the right method. Well, how do we do that? We witness. We tell people about the Lord, the truth about Jesus. But we need to make sure we have the right mindset. Now, what kind of mindset are we talking about here? Well, remember, reaching the world, testifying, witnessing to the whole world. That's a pretty big task. Well, what the Lord does is He breaks it down for His disciples on that day before He went back to be with the Father. And He he, look, what He wants us to do, our mindset, is we need to begin close. And then from there, we need to spread out with that message. Now again, look at Acts 1 verse 8. He says, Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and unto the uttermost, uh, and un, and un, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now notice the word both. That's an interesting word because here's what it literally means. It means at the same time. Now it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to be in Jerusalem and be in Judea and be in Samaria and be unto the uttermost part. That's where missions comes in. That's where we can be reaching our Jerusalem, telling people here where God put us, but we can be supporting prayerfully, supporting someone financially that God might send to Botswana, that God might send to China. See, we have to have the right mindset It's not about our own little village. For God so loved the world. The Bible doesn't say God so loved Florida, Pembroke Pines. God so loved the world. John Wesley said, the world is my parish. Wesley knew that anywhere, anywhere sinners could be found, there was a need for a gospel witness. And so Jesus said in Mark 16... Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, beyond our Jerusalem, Pembroke Pines... There's a world that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we really believe that people are going to hell without Jesus, and if we believe that the gospel is for all men, then why aren't we doing more to see people get the truth and know that Jesus died for them? Have we forgotten that the main thing is the main thing? And that is the souls of men and women everywhere are hanging in the balance. See, Jesus said our mindset should be in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. See, we have the right message, Jesus. The right method is that we need to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. The right mindset is, listen, there's not a wrong place, a wrong time, a wrong person to witness to. Everyone needs the Lord. But see, although we understand all that, there's one last element that we must have if we're going to reach the world, and that is we need to make sure we have the right might. Because look what Jesus said, and I take you back to verse number 8 again. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. If our message is to have any power... Our methods are to be successful. Our mindset, whatever be what it ought to be, as a church, as a people, we are going to have to have help from some outside source, something outside of ourselves. We cannot accomplish this in the flesh. And Jesus said that that source, that our help comes from the Holy Ghost. There was a time, again, that Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples, and he promised them. Listen, he said, I'm going away to prepare a place. But he said, I will send another just like me. And notice in Luke 24, 49, he says, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until... Don't go anywhere until you be endued with power from on high. Look in Acts, if you still have it open there in chapter 1, look at verse number 4. Because here is part of the fulfillment of that in verse number 4. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard. Of me, This wasn't the first time. He told them in that upper room. He told them before he left. And guess what happened? The Holy Spirit came down after the Son of God went up. And the Bible tells us that as the Holy Spirit came, guess what they received? Power from on high. Power to do God's work, God's way. We see those terrified disciples, those that were fearing for their lives that Jesus had left them, we now see them becoming bold in their witness because of God's power. One of those was Peter on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2. The Bible says, Peter said unto them on that day, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. See, Peter stood that day and he preached with boldness. God gave him the power to do that. You see, we cannot accomplish God's work without God's power. And can I tell you? that that power that Peter had on the day of Pentecost, that very same Holy Ghost power is still available for us today as God's church. How many of you believe that? Listen, God's power is available. Jesus said in John 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. A lot of times we think, so highly of ourselves, like we're something, we've arrived. Listen, without God, we're nothing. And the Bible tells us that not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. I I love our church for so many reasons, but one of the things I think I really love about our church is 71 years ago, Our church was started in North Miami. God led a man and his family down here to North Miami, Florida. And this man came and was pastoring another church. And God got a hold of his heart about this matter of keeping the main thing the main thing. And he started reaching out to lost people. He was a soul winner. started getting saved. That's how our church started. His name was George Zemer, And for 71 years, we've endeavored and will continue to try to reach those that are lost before it's eternally too late. I had the privilege last, this past week, to spend some time with my pastor and Some of our church were able to go over and hear him preach. We had a great time. We drove him back over Tuesday night after the meeting. And I said to him, because I've been been actually trying to get him here, but he's so busy. I said, hey, I'd love to show you the church where God's allowing us to minister. I said, would you be interested? Now, we pulled into town at 11 o'clock at night. We had to get up early in the morning, and he had some stuff to do, and then we were going to take him to the airport. There was no time on Wednesday. I said, you want to stop by the church? And he said, I'd love to. So here we were, 11 o'clock at night, walking around. We walked in the auditorium, turned the lights on. Wow, this is beautiful. We walked around this way, went around the back, came out. I gave him the grand tour. He just kept looking around going, this is this is nice. He's looking at some of the stuff, beautiful, beautiful. Showed him a little bit of the, showed him my office, some other things. And, but the one place he stopped and stood there for a while was at the end of the hallway on this side. At the end of the hallway, there's a map. It's hanging on the wall, big old map. He stopped at that map. Because in his church, there's a similar map, but it's of the area that his church is at. That map represents our Jerusalem. And we stood there and talked about, these are the houses, Pastor, that our members have gone to knocking doors, telling people about how much God loves them. We came around the corner to this hallway, and I said, both both walls are the missionaries. I said our church currently supports 65 missionaries. Our Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria in the uttermost part. I could tell by the look on his face. They're keeping the main thing, the main thing here. See, a lot of churches, don't get me wrong, a lot of churches have all kinds of programs. Jesus did not die for programs. He died for people, for souls. When I think about this verse here, the Bible says, Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part. I want you to notice, look at this slide here. This is Acts eight in regards to us. Notice Jerusalem is Pembroke Pines. And then beyond that, all Judea for us would be Florida. Samaria would be the entire United States. And beyond the United States would be the uttermost part of the earth. You See, there's a great work still needs to be done. We can be a part of it. That's what this missions month is all about. Oswald J. Smith said, the mission of the church is missions. It was important to Jesus. It ought to be important to us. Let's keep the main thing the main thing would you bow your heads with me this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed how many of you would say by an upraised hand God spoke to me this morning about doing more in the area of missions that maybe I've ever done before would you raise your hand this morning God wants me to be a part many hands around the auditorium listen we need to have the right message and we do the message is Jesus need to have the right method, that's being a witness. When's the last time you witnessed, you talked to somebody, you told them the truth of what you have seen and heard about Jesus? We need to make sure we have the right mindset. It's not about our own little area here. It's about the whole world. And we need to make sure that we're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed as Brother Kenny begins to sing. If God has spoken to you this morning, why don't you respond? Would you come, spend some time with the Lord, ask God to help you to have a greater burden for the lost. Brother Kenny, you sing.